You're listening to Cards to the Moon, a podcast about trading cards from both a collector and investor perspective. We hope you'll stick around for the ride as we take a deep dive into the state of the hobby, share some hot takes, hopefully some useful advice and fun stories along the way. Hey guys, welcome back to Cards to the Moon. This is episode 110, and my name is Clark from 5CardGuys on Instagram and 5CardGuys.com. With me co-hosting as usual is Hyung of Integrity Sports Cards, but missing in action for today's show is John, who should be back next week. So off the top, I thought our listeners would be interested in getting an update on your recent PSA submission, Hyung, that you got back, and one of those cards... I'm really uh, want you to talk about was the Max Verstappen Black Ray Wave one of one, which you cracked out of the BGS 8.5 slab, if I'm not mistaken. Jeez, that w- it was it was an ugly slab. I I just gotta say <laughs> the silver the silver the labels. 8.5? Yeah, yeah, the the 8.5 was bugging me. So, but it, <laughs> so the, yeah. the subgrades were that the edges were like a seven, or that's what the reason why. So everything else had good subgrades. So I just, right. you know, I cracked it out. I took a look, a closer look, and I said, you know what? This thing actually looks pretty decent. You know, I, I obviously did the inspect, inspection beforehand. I didn't really see any red flags that were like, okay, this is the reason why it got eight and a half. So mm. I ended up cracking it because I don't like BGS slabs personally. I, I, I think it, uh, the reflection is different on BGS slabs. You know what I mean? Okay. And PSA slabs, I think, just hit different. And for, uh, especially that card, it made sense too, because like on PSA's label, for instance, um, it, it labels one of one. Mm, right. Where, uh, BGS labeled it. it didn't. Yeah. Black Ray Wave. And then, you know what I mean? And that's all they yeah. labeled it. So people don't realize that it is a one of one. Uh, mm. So I, I thought that also brought a lot of value, but it ended up getting bumped to a PSA nine, which I was uh, very, very, very happy about. It looks, yeah. it's shinier. Like the when when <laughs> when the light shines on it, it just looks like a better card. I'm super happy with kind of like the results. That's what I was hoping for. Outside chance at a PSA ten, but uh, I'm sure that would have went viral if. Uh, if it was a PSA 10. <laughs> the, the, the nine's pretty good though. Wow. Yeah, I'll take the yeah. nine. I'll take the nine. <laughs> so the, the uh, subgrades for the BGC 8.5, it was the edges that was the lowest? Yes, it was the edges. So Weird. that's why, I, yeah, I took a close look in the slab first. So I, I was yeah. like, is it worth it? Like maybe there's like a huge like like a dent or something in the edge that, you know, I could see in. You know, I've done right. that before in the past. Like, oh, this is the reason why probably there's no point uh, mm. on some, you know. So I thought it looked pretty clean. So I thought it was worth, you know, and I was bored a bit. I always wanted to do it on a <laughs> kind of like a card that made sense to do it. Sure. And, you know, with the with the news, with the white labels of BGS, not uh, the, the, going away. Yeah, with, yeah. Go, with it going away. So it was like, you know, I, I don't even want the silver labels either. <laughs> <laughs> Young wants gold on oh, all, yeah. the, all the 100%. numbers. Yeah, BGS nine fives are. That's it. Anything <laughs> else? I'd rather have a PSA slab. Yeah, nice. No, that was a that was a good crossover. I mean, I, I I'm glad you brought that point. I guess out of the four subgrades, if one of them you should feel the most confident about in most cases, I think if it was on edges, right. I feel better about cracking it and resubmitting. Right, like right. centering, you can't do anything about. Yeah. You know, uh, well, surface. I, I I say I think a lot of people do think that like if they see a BGS slab that has like a nine centering, for instance, and then right. subgrades are nine and a half in all the other ones, they would mm-hmm. think it's a, a a good PSA candidate because PSA is more lenient with uh, their centering than right. a BGS or a SGC, right? So I think a lot of people have that kind of like uh, mentality where PSA. Uh, grades more lenient on centering so surface mm. and corners and edges matter more and stuff like that oh, but interesting yeah, yeah. I, I i don't okay. really find any absolute truth because like i said it's sure. a coin flip uh at the end of the day Fair. because Fair you know what i mean we've always <laughs> said it, it and, yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm either happy or pissed off at psa depending <laughs> on my grades so last time i i dogged them but you know it was a good it was a good experience this time i will say i will say this the customer service has been a lot better with psa 
The whole okay, process has been better. Even the submission mm. process, the whole communication process, uh, the speed. Uh, we, we did submit the Express. So we submitted four cards Express at 150 bucks a pop. Um, mm, right. And uh, we did uh, – so our buddy Jared, Jared Cito, he, he uh, had the Topps Julio SSP. Right. The update. With Ichiro. With Ichiro. Yeah, that ended up PSA 10-ing for him. So I was super happy wow, about him. that yeah. one. Yeah, it looked great. Centering was great. So I expected it to uh, 10. Would have been pretty disappointed if it didn't. Um, mm-hmm. And then we sent... Uh, I actually cracked a, a Noah Nailer, Bo Nailer's uh, Super Fractor. That was yeah, yeah. in an FCG. Um, it, it was a 9 centering as well with nine fives all the way around so this was okay. another example of hey it might be a good psa 10 candidate unfortunately it psa 9 so that okay. was on, on the flip so but i don't mind it because again it's a super fractor i know people say you shouldn't you know grade a super fractor i think that's a crock crock of crap too so it's like you <laughs> should grade it because it's in a case it's safe right so um, I'm a big believer in grading Superfractor, especially with PSA, just because their designation is so bold and it, it, it looks sure. different. The the card hits different. So, um, yeah. And then lastly, we also sent um, uh, our buddy Andrew's uh, Otani Exquisite Auto. Mm-hmm. And uh, we sent it out uh, on a dual grade. Um, the dual grade being um, we didn't actually grade the card. So it just has an authentic label, but the right. auto ended up tending. So it's in a authentic auto 10. And okay. basically the reason for, for that decision that, that we made, um, and believe it or not, when, when Andrew bought this card, it was kind of like, um, he, he got a really good deal on it. This was before the Otani hype and he went oh, after right. the OG old school, exquisite, you know, upper deck good win. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's such a, uh, kind of like iconic card, especially for the LeBron and stuff yeah. like that. So, uh, having Otani's, uh, when he got it shipped and this was earlier on, it, it wasn't when it was worth as much as it is today, but right. I think he sent it in like a paper towel. Like okay. this Otani exquisite auto it wrapped up in a paper That's, towel. Yeah. yeah. yeah and it, crazy. it actually, he received it damaged. Oh. So like when he bought it, it was like, you could see the corners were fine. And then yeah. when he received it, it was so poorly packaged that it, it was actually damaged. Brutal. So yeah. like we, we decided honestly, like these exquisite autos are terrible for grading like rarely you'll get a pretty good grade you see a lot of seven sevens and eights this one might have been even lower but the auto was like really really nice it was crisp it was clean it was one of the better autos so Mm -hmm. i think uh now the it looks phenomenal i i feel like uh the slab in authentic auto 10 um was was amazing i will say this though so we expressed it 150 bucks the auto was uh an extra 50 bucks or so it was like 199 and right. then he got upcharged uh i think it was um i want to say four 490 total i could 490? be 90 hang on let me let me just double check that it it it, it could have been 390 Holy yeah so okay. it was a total cost of of basically the the upcharge i'm pulling up the invoice right now <laughs> but uh, yeah yeah so sorry it was 390 okay yeah it was 390 plus uh 46 bucks to ship so 436 us dollars wow to grade that otani in an authentic auto 10 and <laughs> and we, john made a good point it's like technically authentic is lower than any grade yeah right so, so yeah would 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 it justify Why? that push yeah. that bump right so PSA yeah. making money any way they can yeah and then and then meanwhile meanwhile we 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 spend you know almost a thousand bucks or whatever it is on grading cards four cards <laughs> right. at PSA I send uh, uh 30, 30 something cards to SGC in the twenty twenty two Bowman uh, Chrome submission right, right. and we get it back the same time so this was like two week turnaround. Eight nine bucks a card, so we submitted at uh, December thirty first, just right mm-hmm. before the deadline. We got it uh, January fifteenth, so two weeks in and out the yeah. door. Thirty cards, no value. Two hundred forty bucks for thirty cards. I spent four a thousand bucks with, for four cards at PSA. <laughs> Crazy. There you go. So that's the difference. That's the difference in price in PSA and SGC yeah. right there. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, I couldn't believe it, but um, I guess. Uh, 
for Andrew who has the Shohei with the Authentic Auto 10. He's I guess you can't complain too much because uh, it's it's suddenly very very valuable, right? Oh so. yeah, and he I, I I think he gotten really really early like stupid early. So I, I'm pretty sure he's happy even paying that grading yeah. fee. He's he's multiplied that card easily in terms of the current value right now. Yeah, happy for Andrew. There you go. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. That was a pretty good submission then you know it's not always the case but uh, good to overall good to expensive but you know it was a good submission and uh, for SGC we did send in like our boy we're close with uh, Denzel Clark on Oakland Athletics oh yeah yeah uh, he's a big time prospect I think he's going to be a superstar in the big leagues but uh, we sent a green green atomic and gold shimmer uh, auto his Bowman mm-hmm. chromes were out uh, for the first time his autos in 2022 and we both uh, uh, gemmed, gemmed both tens so which tens, is we're, nice. yeah we're pretty happy with that. So that was yeah. the highlight of, of, of the PSA SGC grading and especially at that price that SGC had for sure. Oh yeah. That's, that's a beauty. Yeah. And especially with the green, uh, the Oakland, he's an Oakland athletics prospect, right? right? So color match. Love the color match. Yeah. percent. Awesome. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. I hope, um, I, I submitted the Wander Frango exquisite collection mm-hmm. and I did the authentic and I'm not sure if, no, I don't think I even graded the auto. I just wanted an authentic slab. And right. we'll get to that um, later on in the show about PSA authentic slabs because that's uh, been a point of controversy <laughs> lately. But um, um, I uh, I did value. I wish I did uh, express like you did because you got it back already. I'm right. still waiting for mine. So we'll see. And they might upcharge you for that too, right? <laughs> oh, man. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So we'll see. Uh, when that comes in, I'll, I'll let you guys know on the pod. But uh, we'll see. All right. Let's move on now to hobby headlines. Okay, so one of the questions we get now and then as hobby content creators is whether we do this full-time. And I assume the answer for most people would be no. It's just something you do for fun on the side. And um, that was certainly the case for me when I got back into the hobby about five, six years ago. But after a couple of years, I was lucky enough to transition into making hobby content full-time amongst other other business ventures. Now, Hyung, you're an entrepreneur as well, and Integrity Sports Cards is just one of your many businesses. So I thought for this segment, we could share some of the lessons we've learned on our way to becoming content creators and just generally running our own business on a full-time basis. Um, Yeah, again, just because I I do get these questions, DMs um, on my Instagram account on 5 Card Guys, uh, wanting to know how they can grow their channel, grow their... um, you know, grow their uh, social media um, presence. So I thought maybe it'd be useful for people that want to get into this more, um, not just full-time, but just want to do more on the side as a side hustle to begin. So I wonder if a good place to start is something we both fundamentally agree on, which is to bring value to our audience, right? We say that all the time uh, in our meetings. Uh, any initial thoughts on this when we, when we say this? For sure. Uh, Giving value is probably the most important thing right now in even any digital marketing outside of cards if you run a business you have to kind of uh, give value to basically brand identify who you are as a brand it's a lot mm. easier to kind of do all that up front uh, to to do that do all the uh, legwork up front so people already know what you're about right so right. if you constantly give value people will understand that you know what he he kind of knows his stuff, right? So it's like every day you're mm-hmm. dropping little little bits of uh, truth that you might know because you're in a specialized field, right? So uh, 100% give value always. Yeah. And I think a common mistake for people that start off is like they, instead of bringing value from right from the beginning, they, they ask the audience for things. 100%, right? yeah. And I think um, I think uh, with bringing value, it's like what, what do you think would benefit the audience from the knowledge you're bringing to them, right? You know, so um, p- part of it too is like I would I would stick with a niche, you know, mm-hmm. like um, if some some guys might be you know more baseball related, they 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 know the card game um, specifically for let's just say first Bowman's prospecting versus like rookie card chasing. Right. So it's like you could create a channel where, you know, talk about the releases, specifically Bowman, because what that's doing is it's creating an audience that, you know, you're giving value, you're giving insight of a specific niche in in the card uh, format. I I feel like those are kind of like the best channels because now you have a specialized audience and you could kind of not necessarily see it from a sports cards 
uh, perspective in general. It's more of a, you know, if you want Bowman Chrome first, you know, prospecting, you know, mm-hmm. this is the guy to kind of go to, right? And, and yeah. kind of, uh, focus on the niche area. And you, like you said it before, you know, Gary V says this, uh, always with him. It's like, you know, you never really ask for business. Businesses, uh, should be kind of like the, the byproduct of kind of like constantly giving value in the culture that you're kind of, uh, alluding to. And then you drop the hammer once in a while where, you know, you have a product that could help that industry usually. Right. So all, all my businesses too, uh, when, whenever we run off a digital pro- platform, we're releasing like a, a, a curric- online curriculum for baseball, for instance, now. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's one of our products that, uh, I feel like it's a very valuable product to kind of like the grassroots development. Right. So it's like, yeah. we're, we're focusing our social media attention on just giving value in terms of, you know, insight. Cause what that's doing is people who see our, our brand, uh, Oppo Taco for the first time, they already get a glimpse of what we stand up for, who yeah, we are sure. based on the content, based on the constant, you know, value that you keep on giving. Right. So it's the culture that you're building. You're you're generating an audience and then you're, you're basically dropping them uh, with a product eventually where they get filtered into where you could uh, uh, potentially even help that community mm-hmm. usually that that's the combination that i like just because they go hand in hand it's it's a lot easier to market it it doesn't feel like you're really pushing a product you know sure. and yeah. you're really given value right so a lot of you see a lot of uh, youtubers actually do it they're like they push their content they push their content they have their own niche and then by the way you know we do have you know grading submissions you know right. like go go check it out and then it's a easy segue for those to kind of like believe in that brand really because yeah. they've they've been listening to them and podcasts yeah. for instance are great too yeah exactly and that's why we're doing this podcast like even even now after almost two years of doing the podcasts, our our intention is always to bring value to our listeners we're right. still not monetizing off of it directly no. you know no, 100%. Um, uh, just just letting everyone know we we like to do this uh for fun and you know th- and as we talk about it, as we learn more about the sports cards. And I like your point about starting with the niche. You can start with niche and then you can always expand as you right. grow into knowing more about the hobby. And that's kind of what we did too. That's kind of what I personally did with my five card guys brand. It's like, I, like you, you know, baseball cards was my thing. And that's where I started. You know, my first right. post, I believe, was probably the Ken Griffey Jr. upper deck on my Instagram. And and then I just, you know, saw what other baseball cards are out there. And then as I got into sports cards in general, I got into football, I got into basketball, right. uh, relatively soon after that and then i started posting more of that as i'm learning more about those respective sports um you know and then the sports cards uh in those markets as well so for sure um so i like i that's that's a good um piece of advice there and um with podcasts you know you we could talk social media posts videos uh building websites right yeah just um just start with like what you know because it's a it's also easier to write or to produce things that you already know about right. you know you're not you're not trying to think of what else can i what what <laughs> other content can i put out there you know at the risk of making things up and right, people right. people uh, you know the audiences are smart enough that they know when they could um see bs so right. you know you might as well be honest up front and then you got to be transparent you know. yeah 100 percent. you people, people, see, people see it like so easily and I think a lot of people too, it's, it's a matter of starting. Like they, they think that they have to have all these things. Like remember, I remember when we started this podcast, like we had nothing. We didn't have an, like one person listening. We're like, you know what? We'll see (laughs) where this goes because what happens is you start building those opportunities, right? As you build, build consistency, you start building those opportunities. And yeah, if I hadn't started like Oppo Taco, um, more like, things wouldn't have happened and progressed uh, even with my other businesses. They go hand in hand because if you just think that it's going to be, you you could just, you know, do it when you're ready, you'll never Mm -hmm. be ready. So it's like start now, you know, get through the ugly phases, you know, you're going to suck, right? So it's it's a matter (laughs) of, you know, seriously, just, um, you know, accepting that as kind of like the growth stage. And I think a lot of people are scared of that, to be honest. Uh, yeah. They run away from it. So it's like I encourage you to kind of like put yourself out there because when you do that, you start learning at warp speed. Yeah, right. absolutely. Absolutely. You, you know, your point of consistency is a good one as well. I want to touch upon that, too, because when you start, you just don't, don't 
know what's going to happen. Like there are things you could plan for, certainly. Right. But there are other. There's so many other things that you never plan for, and certain things happen very um, serendipitously. You know, right. and um, like you know, for example, when I started the Instagram five card guys again, um, and they just did that for a year and a half and two. And then a friend of mine that I worked with, who's part of our sports card group. He said, uh, I know a couple other guys that just got into sports cards. One of them happened to be you, Hyung, right? That's right. Yeah, and, that's right. And, and here we are. We're like, oh, why don't we start a podcast together? <laughs> Two years and, later, know, we're still we're still doing it. And, but more exactly. opportunities, right, since then. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? Like if I, to your point, if I hadn't started the Instagram page, right. you know, none of this would have happened. Maybe 100%. it would have happened some other way, but right. this is this is a surefire way that it did happen. Right. And I know, I know you mentioned consistency. I know it's tough. Um, you know, like one of the toughest thing about content creation and I, like I do this outside of, you know, sports cards, even yeah. creating uh, sports card content is, is, is not easy. Right. But yes. as, as you do it, I think the best way to do it is, uh, uh, create consistency as, as we said, but you could, um, you don't, you could film multiple content, um, you know, within a day, for instance, where you dedicate one day a week and, you know, you you potentially start a podcast. Let's just say uh, this podcast, Cards to the Moon. Mm -hmm. We have the option to splice up this content, right, and go into a segment where it's just literally a 10-second clip of, you know, maybe yeah. us talking about, you know, a certain card or and why right? right and then you literally trim that we we're talking about this actually right before the show uh you know you literally lay over videos for instance and you're able mm -hmm. to create you know couple ways where you speak you know for hours uh recording yourself through a podcast and then you literally have you know a month or so worth of content through right. you know that one episode because you're just literally taking clips and constantly you know splicing them and then you're 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 doing it consistently in a way where you're posting it so you're constantly giving value right so i think that's uh there people have the illusion of man it's monday now so i have to you know set it up set get set my setup up and and do this every week it's like no it's not how it really works it's really how it works unless you're doing a live show at a specific right. time right it's like um yeah usually go like for for our podcast it's a little different because we're you know we're in a consistent phase where it, we're releasing every week we could record mm -hmm. once a week we don't need that much preparation to do it so it's like kind of like kind of flows well right sure. but a lot of the times when you're creating content you know it's it's a lot tougher than that, right? To just, you know, be able to every week pick something up and say, you know what, this is what I'm going to talk about. It's like, no, brainstorm it, you know, get like 10, 15 different ideas down, maybe spend a mm -hmm. whole day just, you know, recording uh, different types of content and then see what you have and see if how you could kind of like map it out for the next month or so, right? Yeah. To build that consistency. Yeah. And, you know, like we do this podcast week after week, like you were mentioning, but for us to be consistent on like other social media platforms using the content that we produce here on this podcast, right. that helps us produce consistent content on those platforms, on right. Twitter or Instagram or TikTok, whatever those might be. So yeah, if you think your way through it, if you plan right from the beginning, it just becomes a lot easier to be more consistent. And you know, the value of consistency is that you do see your audience grow. So like for podcasts, like people are now very used to a new episode every Tuesday. And then once we added a uh, second episode after a year of like doing right. Tuesdays consistently, we could handle once a week. Right. We're like, maybe we could do one additional one every other week. Like we wanted to commit to a second episode based on what our schedule availability was. We didn't want to start something we couldn't do consistently. Right. That's why we're doing it every other week still because we're all busy doing other things too on top of on top sure. of sports cards. So that's, you know, just make sure whatever you do, try to do as consistent as possible, but within your schedule. Like you you might lead busy lives like we all do. And right. so if, if it's like once every two weeks, that's fine. You know, right. just do that consistently, you know? And then Good when point. you have more time, do it once a week. And then, you know, some, some guys could do it daily. It's not a problem doing... Right. producing content daily but you're doing as long it. as you're doing consistent <laughs> yeah, for, for yeah for instagram and you know things like that so yeah you kind of get used to your pace as right. well right? right and and you know what you can handle so um 
Speaking of consistency and building audiences, as we've been able to do, fortunately, with our podcast, I think we're still running that contest. It's not too late to enter for the Stadium Club Blaster, where we where we just reached 1,000 subscribers, and that took about a year and a half. But um, you know that that's I think a byproduct of our consistent shows that we're doing every Tuesday, every other Friday. And then you know once you have the audience, then you could really start to think about how to monetize. Right. Something we discussed as well, right? Like 100, you know. I, I, as we mentioned, you know, we're not really directly monetizing off our podcast yet, but the brand awareness that it brings to all the other stuff we're working on, right. that's where we are looking to monetize in or can monetize in because we right. have the ability to do that. So for example, on Five Card Guys, I have my daily auctions page and it's a kind of a, you know, um, I get most of my uh, revenue through affiliate marketing at the moment, whether it's through partnerships with eBay or PWCC. Right. Um, but people know... Uh, five card guys people know integrity sports cards through our podcast cards to the moon because right. we're on this every week so you know build your audience first and then think about monetizing instead of the other way around 100%. because i think i think the other way around when you don't have an audience and you're trying to think of monetizing is just uh demoralizing because it's zero dollars week <laughs> after week <laughs> yeah right? that's true but when yeah. you build an audience then then you have something to work with and and then there's there's also like i feel like people need to feel like they need to monetize directly like if mm. i'm putting out this content like i'll tell you right now if you do a podcast most likely you're not going to get any like money for podcasts no matter even even with advertising you don't want to go down that route where you're selling ad space for like 20 bucks an episode and you're like scrounging around for kind of like like what we talked about was like brand credibility like these are way bigger than any mm -hmm. small monetization amounts this is creating a brand this is in conjunction with like potentially doing something outside of it and then right. you use your podcast as a form of communication where you could push your products right but uh ultimately yeah you want to you want to be transparent so that people kind of see what your intentions are and to mm -hmm. make sure that you know you're providing value and you're credible so it's like uh and this might uh might have been on your list too is that's why you know when you build that credibility it's so much easier to do partnerships you exactly. know, and partnerships are, are, are so important when it comes to social media. Uh, yeah. You know, we call it um, what's called influential marketing, where you, you know, partner up with uh, p other influencers that can potentially push uh, whatever you're 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 trying to do. And yeah. uh, good partnerships align up uh, depending on, you know, the background of of individuals. So do your research and make sure it's mm -hmm. a good fit with your brand and where you could potentially bring value to that person potentially right exactly yep uh, that's a good segue into what i was going to say because with partnership and with collaborations a lot of it is dependent on the audience you have on the audience you built right. you know um, partners uh, especially bigger uh, collaborations with companies or corporations or you know other influencers that are bigger than you um, they like to see that there's some synergy in partnering with you right. based on your audience so work on always building your audience and that always goes back to where we started from, giving them value. Right. So that's where you should start and try to think, like, what can I bring to the table that will bring value to um, potential listeners, the potential audience that you're trying to build? Right. So so that's, uh, yeah, par partnerships is um, another way you can obviously monetize later on down the road. And um, I only have one more point. You might have a few others after this, but um, I want to bring the idea of trying new ideas all the time and not being afraid to fail, Ooh, right? I like, so like that. It's a little bit related to what you're saying about starting. Yeah. I think people are afraid to start just because they're like, oh, what if it doesn't work? Or, right. you know, but what if it does work? You know, yeah, that's exactly. Question, it, right? And that's the thing. You'll never know, right, if yes. you don't try, right? It's like I think part of our society has built the culture of, you know, always doing stuff for external uh, pleasure or whatever, you know, because other people are watching, therefore I do it. No, do it for yourself. Want to yeah. build, you know, uh, and understand that failure is just a stepping stone to success. It's like if you don't understand, if you don't understand success, you don't understand failure. You need both to yeah. pretty much build that perspective. And for us, like, um, the mindset has to always be, you know, it's not about failing or if I fail or not, we never do anything, um, that I consider it failing. It's, it's, it's a matter of pivoting and saying, you know what, I didn't yeah. have the right formula. So try again, mm -hmm. try again, 
try again until you actually, you know, produce what you're happy with. And you, you've grown so much in that process through failure, through wisdom, through experience, right? That you're able to pretty much, um, you know, capitalize on it. So like for me, that's the most, uh, valuable thing you could kind of go through is that beginning stage of grinding. I, mm-hmm. I, I understand it more than I've, I've done so many startups in terms of businesses. I've dealt with a lot of failure that, you know, it builds, it builds character at the end of the day. It builds kind of resilience. Sure. It builds to a, a confidence in you that you're like, you know what? I failed so much that I'm dead <laughs> certain. Yeah. And what I'm doing, right? So that's, that's the way I look at it, especially through my, uh, uh, forms of business. You know, like you have to have the, you know, um, kind of like, uh, the guts to be able to take that risk. But you realize that when you do that, you just literally kind of like bathe in growth, yeah, right? Which absolutely. is the best, which is the best. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, like I listen to a lot of um, business podcasts as well, you know, in right. addition to sports card podcasts. Yeah. And uh, honestly, the commonality of all the successful entrepreneurs, business people, when I listen to their stories is the fact that they learn from their failures. Right. You know, and every one of them have like I have not heard a successful business person that says like, no, such I thing. hit it. I 100 <laughs> percent. I've been, you know, batting a thousand. Uh, I don't know what uh, failure is like. No, that doesn't exist. You right. Know? It's, it's like all... baseball. It's like batting average is like 30 <laughs> percent exactly. success rate in MLB it's gets you the good. Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That's like business. <laughs> there you go. It's, it's, yeah. See, another lesson in perspective. Right. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, absolutely. Try new things like, you know, even like as, you know, small as trying a different platform, you know, like uh an example for when I started with five card guys, I actually started on Twitter and, you know, I built like a, maybe an audience of, um, I think I'm at, oh man, I can't remember. I want to say 3000, uh, followers or subscribers on followers on Twitter. And, and then, you know, this was my definitely by far the most on any platform. And then Instagram came along and I'm like, ah, might as well see what this Instagram's about, you know, and just uh, trying to figure out their platform, what's good on there, you know. Oh, it's uh, mostly about photos, so okay, I'm gonna post about some awesome cards I like, you know, and right. and then I can find it. and you just post it and you just don't know what's gonna happen. And then next thing you know, my Instagram platform <laughs> is, is that my platform? Yeah, it's over thirty thousand. And yeah. you know, if I if I had just stuck to Twitter thinking that this was the best it's gonna get, right? You know what I would have never experienced what I've experienced in Instagram, and the cycle continues, right? Like now I'm trying TikTok, and I have right. about maybe almost fifteen hundred followers, so a lot less. But right. you know, you're just I'm learning how to produce content for that platform, and right. I would never think of it as a waste of time. Like some of my posts get like double digit views, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah, like yeah, it's like yeah, oh, yeah. I think and I think half of that's from me just watching it multiple times. <laughs> you're right? like ah, I'm, I should change this. I should, ah, no, I'll keep yeah. it. Eleven views. <laughs> yeah, so that's <laughs> exactly, and you know, like y- you learn, you see what content works and what doesn't, and and um and it's fun kind of producing content to see, you know, you, you, I'm giving myself a lot of at bats. If we go back to baseball uh, as an analogy, you know, like you, you're trying things and uh, you never know which one's going to be the home run, right? Right. Um, or the double, or you know, you just keep working at it. So, um, yeah. So try new ideas all the time. Don't be afraid of failure. You're going to learn a lot from failure. So that's always a good thing when you're trying right. to build something. Um, but yeah, I I hope that's useful. I'm I'm not sure if there's any other advice that you want to give to our listeners. I, I would say if you have anything like monetization related, whether it's a product, it's like always look at it in the macro lens and yeah. saying how is this product, um, you know, becoming a solution to the industry problems, right? Yes. And I th- I believe there are there are a lot of problems in any industry. Um, and it's a matter of, you know, being creative, you know, using technology. That's why technology is so great is like you could mm-hmm. use the current technology and it changes things. Like we talk about ChatGBT all the time. It's like stuff like that should be used, you know, to, um, you know, understand that, you know, more possibilities exist. And mm-hmm. as you, you know, spend time, it's, it's not like products are just made like overnight and saying, oh, I have the perfect product. It's like right. as you uh, immerse yourself into the culture of sports cards, you start knowing the goods, the bads, kind of like everything. And you say, you know what? Why isn't there an app for like, you know, a card ladder sure. before they existed? They're like, you know, you should have 
data accessible right on your phone. So it's like they created an app that created, uh, solved that problem, right? So always looking at the macroeconomics lens saying, okay, from uh, a business perspective, how could I, you know, um, uh, create a solution to the current problems that, you know, my marketplace or my community is experiencing? Yeah, 100%. And uh, as you were saying, like even even we're, we're recording this podcast together. Uh, one thing I'm reminded of, like it might not be for everyone. You know, some people could work by themselves and be accountable to themselves. But often, you know, when you're working with people, like-minded people, like you know, with this podcast, with you yourself, Hyung and John, you know, mm-hmm. just keeping each other accountable to doing it on a weekly basis, it becomes easier. Right. When you're like, oh, we dedicated this time to work on 100%, it together. Yeah. Right. So there are certain projects you just probably would benefit from having a partner or someone to collaborate with on right. a consistent basis. So if you could find one of those guys or one of those girls in in um in your, you know, part of the business that you're trying to run, that that's probably uh really helpful. Accountability is a big thing too. Awesome. All right. Yeah. So um again, hope that was some help and encouragement to those who are looking to start their own hobby business or just becoming a content creator, you know, we hope Many of you do because that's just another way, I think, to keep more collectors engaged in the hobby. We need more of you guys creating content. There's space for everyone. For sure. Um, so yeah, lo- love to see you in this space as well. Okay, next we got another round of overrated, underrated. And the theme is parallels, part three. We've done this a couple times before, but the fact that this is our third time doing this segment with parallels as a theme just shows you how many parallels there are um, in the sports card world. So I got five more, and I'm uh, curious to see what you say, Hyung, for this uh, segment. All right, so let's start with this because I just know this. I think this came out a year ago, but I've only discovered it this year. I'm talking about the red lava number to five. I think it's a Bowman, Bowman Chrome. Chrome thing. Yeah, yeah, red lava. What do you Oof. think? We have Red Shimmer. We have. I, I, I know a, it's it's just ridiculous. I did an Instagram reel on this because I, I I noticed that there's a lot of red uh, parallels number to five. Red lava, red shimmer, red wave. Yeah, yeah. And, and red, then you got true red, and then red sapphire. Red sapphire. That's right. Yeah. Yes. So uh, I I I like I like reds in general because they're out of five. Like to me, yeah. I don't care what red they are. Like if it was an orange lava, it's like I would be like, you know what? <laughs> That's overrated. Fire. Come on. Oh really? Overrated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would say orange. I think red lava is fire. Like, like true, literally, literally. But it's like, lava, um, right. it's yeah, and it's it's red, um, which is which is out of five. So I don't love. I'm not gonna lie. I don't love the shimmers, like I said, and lavas. But I, I'm not gonna hate on it as well like people like absolutely hate on it so i could see <laughs> that it is um underrated in in a sense but hmm. with this i believe everybody does have the hype of oh it's a red so it should be worth like twenty thousand dollars right? right so i'm gonna right. say it's slightly overrated okay okay true red's where it's at of premium course. premium prices yeah you can't you can't be true red yeah Oh man, this is a tough one because I actually love the look of red lava. It looks pretty nice, you know. Like I don't mind the look, and uh, you mentioned orange lava, like red orange. I, I like both of them because you know lava is fire, and red and orange is associated with fire. So <laughs> I like that kind of uh, match. But um, I'm with you. Like I think the prices that red lava is already commanding for some of these cards, it's like a half step from true red, which I don't right. think it should be. Right. right. So. Um, I'm going to say slightly overrated as well. Okay, this next one. Actually, uh, we had an interesting conversation from our WhatsApp sports group when the, um, was it the J-Rod? J-Rod. The, the J-Rod Clear uh, popped up. And I think that's a tops from the top set. It's numbered to 10. Tops um, update. Yeah. Tops update. Sorry. And so we talked about the clear parallel. What do you think? You know what I'm going to say? I own uh, Luis Robert Clear um, yeah. PSA 9. They, I've, I've pulled one clear in my whole life, like, and they wow. are impossible to pull because yeah. they are the highest paper parallel, right? So it's, it's, uh, the, the next highest after the camo, uh, Father's Day, Mother's Day, 50, right. and then camo's 25, and then you have the clear at 10, and then you have your platinum 101. So the clears are super, super rare. Um, I think 
they do command like a, rid- a ridiculous uh, premium, but mm-hmm. they are beautiful cards. So mm-hmm. for me, I think they're super undervalued because you never see them. And, um, you know, people really don't chase them either, I'd say. It's not like, oh, the clear is the first thing I want, the first parallel. People <laughs> right. would rather the black or the Independence Day, or even Father's Day, Mother's Day, right? And then they 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 find a clear, and they're like, "Oh, it's I, it's too expensive." Everybody wants the the moon for it, so it's like, it's right. it, it's very difficult to uh, get comps. But I think in general, in the hobby, I think hobbyists love clear. I think it's one of the mm-hmm. most desired parallel. But ever since the whole flipping world came in, clears kind of got disappeared because it's a paper paper parallel, and paper parallel gets. I guess a little less love, especially the newer designs in 2020 right. from 2020, 2021, 2022. I thought the paper designs were absolutely an embarrassment to tops. Uh, <laughs> I shouldn't say, I shouldn't say absolute embarrassment, but compared to 2019 and 2018, you know, okay. the, the parallel, the paper parallels were really different, right? So I think clears in general are underrated. Um, even though they command a, uh, a high price. And I know on our group chat, we said, um, you know they're impossible to sell, <laughs> and uh, or something like that, right? It yeah. was it was impossible to sell, but um, you know they're worth it or something like that. You right. know, yeah. <laughs> well, I think one of us said uh, for flippers, it's the worst parallel. It's, it's the worst parallel for flippers. Yeah. <laughs> right. um, yeah, clear is. I don't know. It's underrated in a way because it kind of it's under the radar, like you yeah. mentioned, for a lot of collectors, but. Like when I when I see it pop up, I'm I'm a little if I'm honest, I'm a little underwhelmed because um, I I don't think I've ever seen a clear in person. I I feel like I would change my mind if I held a clear. Uh, next time you're in the office, you show me. Yeah, I'm gonna okay. show you. <laughs> Everybody who holds a clear, they change okay. their mind. All right, instantly. All right. And here's why. I will I will tell you why. So <laughs> okay. the 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 thing that got me on clears was the Acuna. So like you had. Back in 2018, you had the chase. Uh, like, what was the Acuna's rookie card? True rookie card. SP bat down. Like, no, right. that wasn't a true rookie card. Yes, that was the first release series <laughs> right. two. There's all these, like, yeah. ridiculous debates. Anyways, a lot of people thought Top's update was, you know, the the true flagship because it has its parallels, you know, has the paper parallels. And then that year was phenomenal. You're talking everybody's after Soto, Otani, Glaber Torres at the time, Acuna. Right, yeah, yeah. The independence parallel was ridiculous. The black parallel was ridiculous. Even the golds, right? So, yeah, um, yeah clears are uh, 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 basically the Acuna. When I seen one of those, I didn't mm-hmm. see a clear before and I seen Acuna clear. And just because you're so used to that base image mm-hmm. and you're, 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 you're in awe of all the parallels. So at the time it was impossible to get even like a black, a Cunha black in right. paper, right? Out of 67, like impossible. You see one for sale at the time. It was like 5,000 bucks. People are like, that's crazy. Like, that's mm. insane. Like no one's going to ever pay for it. And then boom, you see, you see the Cunha clear and it's such an iconic card, but then on the reverse side, obviously it's acetate. So it's like, yeah. it's like literally the, the back image of that card. So it becomes such a, uh, cool card in such an iconic, uh, like mm. mass printed base card, right? right? That you're looking for like a cool parallel. So that's why I think the Independence Day held a, a huge value in, in 2018 with Acuna. Same with the, the, uh, the black, which is ridiculous. Camo as well, but not as much. But then the mm-hmm. clear. We were talking about another level. Like nobody would sell the Acuna Clear for less than 10k at the time, right? So Whoa. that's where it was kind of like a wow factor for me. I've always okay. chased it. I've seen the Tatis Clear that I kind of like had the chance to pull the trigger at like 3k, and I didn't. And I I, I <laughs> oh, wish I did at the time, right? Because yeah. um, I think that card is worth a lot more than that. But yeah, yeah that's why okay. that's why I like uh, I like Clears personally. No, I like that background. Um, you know what? I got to see it. So you until I see it, it you got to <laughs> see I, it. <laughs> yeah. Next time I come into the studio, um, I might change my mind. But right now, I think it's overrated. You know, because the pictures, they just don't do it justice. Uh, right. You know what right. I mean? I will say they are impossible to gem because of surface, because of acetate. So right. most have surface issues. So it's like when you see a clear, that's usually the, the issue with it. They probably won't be a 10. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. 
All right, um, let's go on to another tops parallel, uh, the Platinum 1 of 1. I bring this up because uh, there was a J-Rod that's just listed on eBay, um, his Platinum 1 of 1, uh, and uh, just, you know, overrated or underrated? I want to hear you first. <laughs> Woo! Okay, I, I, I was... Um... Well, first, I would say uh, overrated in terms of the look of the card. I absolutely yes. despise the fact that they say platinum. It looks like a gray printed, <laughs> yeah. Epson printed <laughs> on the inkjet here. Come on. It's like, this is the platinum. Make it like when, yeah. when you pull a superfractor, you have that wow. It's yeah. like, you know, you see the superfractor, you're like, okay, this is a card. This mm -hmm. is a one of one. You pull a platinum. I know many times where I actually pulled a couple platinums. You kind of like skim through it. You're like, oh. <laughs> it's not overwhelming and you're like oh my right. god this is a one of one right so uh i'm underwhelmed with the platinum i think tops could do a way better job with it so i'm going to say overrated but just remember like i i just i was looking at prices today on mike trout cards and uh mm -hmm. a black bgs9 or or something like that sold for uh 60k or something like wow, that okay the last sale there's yeah. not too many sales right so I, i'm thinking man that J Rod one of one might be like an absolute monster card because when when uh, the the owner I I've seen it he he's in our forums too on Facebook he he yeah. listed it for sixty thousand or best offer I think uh, he has it up on eBay for ninety nine or best offer or yeah. something like that yeah so um yeah I think I think the card has huge potential in that sense I'm not saying it's overrated in that so i think it's going to fetch all the dollars that it it commands <laughs> yeah. i just think it's overrated in terms of the if that's the one of one it's not even do you know how panini writes one of one like right, top yeah. just stamps it like one slash one and then it's like underwhelming gray tones it's like overrated <laughs> man yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna uh take too much time on this i agree with you 100 percent. just the ugly gray border doesn't even look platinum yeah um and yet it commands these ridiculous prices. Um, you know, it's a one of one, but uh, but the look of it definitely underwhelming. So I'm going to say it's overrated as well. All right, we're going to talk about a couple more one of ones, both in the prism sets, um, mostly for basketball. Nebula one mm. of one. Hmm. This this one's a tough one for me. It's like I I, I looked at the eBay for some nebulas, and I was yeah. like, man, I don't know if I would buy. A one of one nebula. It's it's very underwhelming in my opinion. And I've seen mm. a nebula in person though. They are okay. beautiful cards. I will say yeah. they are beautiful cards. The problem is you don't know that they're one of ones. Like to me, it's like staple superfractors are one of one, right? Um, mm -hmm. uh, in 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 basketball, I guess uh, prism it'd be uh, black, right? Or or something like that. Sometimes yeah. it's uh, black shimmer in in in, in baseball. Right, yeah. Sometimes, uh, but. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan of Nebula, to be honest. I'm going to say overrated. Okay. I'm going to opposite. I think it's underrated. Nebula mm. is a beautiful-looking card. It man. is a beautiful-looking card. I feel like Nebula is getting a little bit more traction these days. You know, um, uh, I saw the picture at the Luka Doncic silver, uh, Nebula Prism, the 2018. looks amazing. Like That's right. almost a modern, iconic card now. And I think, um, I think I don't know. I get the feeling that more more basketball Card collectors specifically are know that the Nebula is one of one. So I love the look and I love the shine on it. And I, you know, I just think it's distinctively one of one, unlike the platinum one of one we just talked about. So yeah. I'm going to say, I'm going to say it's underrated um, for the Nebula one of one. But the other one, uh, you kind of mentioned the black prism, which is also one of one. Do you think that's overrated or underrated? Are we talking about uh, prism blacks? Yes. Yeah. To... Oh man, have you seen the Luca Black Prism? It is disgusting. Like I just had seen it images exist. of it. Yeah. I like the images of it, right? Right. So it's like for me, the Black Prism is like the card to get in Prism. Like that's like equivalent to Superfractor in my opinion. And uh, wow. like to me, those are classic. Those are classic one of one Paninis, right? You you look at you know any um you know big big one of ones they're not the waves they're not nebulas they're not any fancy stuff it's just straight up black clean look especially mm. on the prism i i'm a huge fan like i'm a huge fan so i i'm gonna say like it's probably overrated in general but i'm gonna still say it's underrated because it commands that as kind of like the super fractor in in, in tops chrome sure. right so i i see it the same way it's the prism black and that's 
that's the holy grail. Yeah, it's definitely. Well, I I think there's um a story behind whether the black prism one of one has actually been pulled and no one's no one's claiming it yet. But um, um, I I don't know if maybe it's because I come from collecting baseball cards and the black uh, parallels aren't one of ones, right? For baseball, like for right. uh, tops or um, for Bowman. Uh, anyway, I know it's not one of one. So to see prism with a black parallel being a one of one, I just don't equate it. Like it's the opposite of what I feel like the nebula is like nebula for me, one of one It's already ingrained in my mind where I, if I, if I ever saw black prism, I'm like, Oh, okay. That's number to 50 probably, or, mm-hmm. you know, so uh, maybe I'm not as familiar as the prism sets and, you know, all the parallels associated with, uh, especially with basketball prism. So I'm going to say it's overrated um, for that reason. But you know what? Since we're both on opposite sides of nebula and black prisms, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a poll up when this episode comes out, and we'll see what we'll see what people say. It's, it's I'm interested. The classic. <laughs> it's the classic. It's like the superfractor, man. You can't hate on the superfractor. Well, I'm not I'm definitely not hating on the superfractor, but uh, <laughs> I don't know if I put the black prism up there with it. But um, but yeah, uh, to each their own. All right, that is another round of overrated, underrated. I'm sure we'll have a round or part four of parallels because there's so much more. And um, I always like doing parallel themes. So we'll do that again sometime with uh, when Johnny's back. All right, we'll finish off the show with our regular weekly segment we call Pick One. And if you're joining us for the first time, this is a segment where each of us chooses two cards and then we debate which one we would rather invest in. All right, so as usual, Hyung, do you want to start things off? Sure. Um, we're sticking with, uh, obviously, baseball here. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was actually going uh, a little trout hunting because I've been looking at prices, just even on card ladder. I've been looking at kind of like the trends and stuff. I think it's a pretty good time to buy. I, I, I think uh, update PSA 10s are pretty strong. I thought it would it would go down to 1,000. It seems like 1,500 is kind of like that support. Even okay. for the tops update, it's a pot 5,000, right? So for me, that's really scary. So I'm staying off my trouts. I'm looking at more of the rare parallels that kind of fell off the face, maybe yeah. good values, right? So if I'm in the market for a Mike Trout, okay, I, I, mm-hmm. I, I basically, you know, set the budget at around, and I'm not saying that I am in the market, but I picked two cards that I, would, I was like, hmm, what would you kind of uh, spend $4,000 if your budget was like that 4000 and right. you had to come under that $4,000 budget, okay? So the first um, card I have comes from 2011 Tops Update, um, mm-hmm. but the, the Cognac Diamond Anniversary. So the... Mm. The, 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 you know, the diamond is the, the silver looking one. This is the cognac, the more bronze looking one. Yep. Uh, a BGS 9.5. So this was a min gem though. Um, it's a pop 121 in a BGS 9.5. Okay. Mm-hmm. And last sold for $3,994 on card ladder, January okay. 7th. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pair that up with another trout that I, I personally like. It's one of my favorite trouts. It's, uh, it's basically 20, 2011 Bowman Chrome. Mike Trout refractor. So it's it's the image where he's standing tall. I personally believe this is his first released rookie card. I I believe. I I didn't do any research on it, but it makes sense because Topps update would have came at the end of the year. Bowman Chrome releases sometime in the summer, right? And then you have your Bowman draft at the end of the year, right? So you have where he's more crouched down. This is the image where he's standing tall. I believe they're both 175, but this is card number 175, uh, the Refractor PSA 10. It sold for 3720 with a mm. pop of 121 So they're both 121 oh, okay. uh, population report. This is a PSA 10 Refractor, though, in the Bowman oh, Chrome. So yeah. would you go the, the BGS 9.5 Cognac update mm. paper, or would you go the Bowman Chrome Refractor? Yeah, there's a diff- few, a couple of different factors at play here, right? PSA versus BGS, of course. Mm-hmm. Paper versus Chrome. Yeah, I think for me, it's personal preference. And I think easily for me, I'm choosing the Cognac Diamond. Really? I just think that Topps update yeah. is iconic for one, one of Mike Trout's most iconic rookie for cards. Sure. Um, other than the you know the Bowman Chrome Auto, right? right I think right. it's up there. And um, I agree with you. I like the tops update, but the pop count's too high. I think that could uh, be very volatile. 
Um, so, you know, the next best thing is to find a more rare parallel. Right. Pontiac Diamond, I don't mind the look at all. I like that, um, uh, the border and the background. And, um, you know, for the other one, like, I get what you're saying about this might be the first rookie car for Trout, but I don't know if the hobby recognizes that or realizes that. So, right. for me, like, certainly I didn't, right? So, um, it doesn't have that much appeal to me in that in that sense. So, for me... I like the Cognac Diamond Tops update. It's a beauty. Interesting. And I don't mind BGS 9.5. You guys yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, for me, I think I, I go back and forth with this, actually. <laughs> um, but I I think I, I really like the Trout, uh, uh, the Bowman Chrome. Uh, just the card in general. I think it's it's a, it's an underrated card because of the pop count in general. It's a right. lower produced, and that's what alluded me to kind of alternatives in that 2011 update. It's like, should I go paper? Should I go gold? Should mm-hmm. I go, you know, right. even Target Red at the time was affordable, right? So, like, those parallels really got my attention. And then, um, and then realizing that there's not too many parallels parallel options uh for chrome there's only one refract there's two refractors which is the bowman draft chrome and also the the bowman chrome we're talking about so for me i i like the the bowman chrome card better to be honest uh i it's something it's something that i i always kind of like i i like the image better uh i like the the card better i like that it's a refractor i like that it's psa 10 so i'm gonna actually choose the bowman chrome refractor psa 10 all right yeah okay We'll ask John next week. He'll break the tie for us. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. He says. <laughs> All right. That's a good one. I like it. Okay, so I'm going to do a bit something a little bit different for my uh, pick one. And this is because I put a post of the, as I was mentioning earlier, uh, the J-Rod one of one platinum um, on my Instagram uh, feed today, this morning. And uh, it was graded a PSA authentic. And Ooh. I didn't know that I was going to bring a lot of comments in my on this post because yeah. uh, people just don't like there are some people that really don't like the PSA authentic on the one of one and mm. then there, there are people that said you know it's the reason why we're assuming the um, the the seller potential seller is looking uh, decided to do the PSA authentic was maybe there was some damage to it you know kind of like right. the Shohei kind of like my Wander Franco you know you right, think it's right. not going to grade well so you know if it was if it came back a PSA 7 Mm-hmm. Right, uh, that's why I want to compare my pick one to. Would you rather have oh, a PSA okay. seven or a PSA authentic? Ooh, you know what? If you said anything lower than a seven, I would have said authentic. <laughs> but I think seven is the is the marker. I think right with the a, with a one of one, I think you're okay there. I think a lot of like, and I I don't love the the authentic label by itself. Like I okay. feel like authentic auto ten makes sense, you know. Right. Like, but just authentic, it's just like okay, definitely it's damaged. So I could assume that it's a PSA four or a PSA three. So a PSA mm. seven is not really that bad. It's still in relatively decent condition, especially if it's paper. And you know, paper is impossible to gem, especially if it's the one of one. You have only one chance to gem that that card and it depends on how it came from factory right so i'm gonna say psa 7 i don't mind that but anything underneath i think i would have picked authentic <laughs> okay interesting what are the uh, comments saying i some didn't people, check it some people really don't like psa authentic um yeah. and uh, i no one's really saying like what's the line is it psa 7 psa 6 psa 8 right so right. um but yeah, I, I mean, the definitely the most vocal are the ones that say, "Why did you do PSA authentic for this one of one?" Or, or you know, even more on the side, it's like, "Why bother grading?" That's another question altogether. Why bother grading a one of one? You know what yeah, I mean? Because yeah. it's a it's a one of a kind. Well, and you know, I, I stand aside. I don't mind slapping one of ones to for protection and just right. uh, even the authentic. You know, you want to make sure it's uh, um, legit. So I don't mind it. But anyway, that's another question altogether. <laughs> um, but for this one, PSA authentic versus PSA seven, I think my line is a bit higher than yours. I think it's a PSA eight. So right. I, my heart would drop. I think if I saw PSA seven on a one of one, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, knowing that, uh, yeah, sure. It's, it could have easily been a four or five, but, uh, I think my line is definitely an eight in terms of, even in terms of value. Like I feel mm-hmm. like, it drops really, it drops a lot from a nine to eight. 
you know. So um, I'm gonna say I don't mind the PSA authentic, um, and you know, people I'm sure will assume that it's really damaged, but maybe it's just uh, um, for one of one. You just want to yeah, but, the, but does it. it does it really matter at that point, right? Like it's a one of one. I, I get <laughs> right. that. I get that so, you want a PSA ten, but like it's it's a one of one, right? So why bother slabbing? Well, this is a circular argument here. <laughs> no, well, then why bother slabbing it? It's because let's just say, you know, you, you, you drop, drop you drop right. your card or something. Like, it's just not protected at, at the end of the day. And that's why you slab a card in general. It's like, why wouldn't you, right? I But I do enjoy what I'm enjoying a lot is non-slab cards. I'll be honest with you. Mm, I, interesting. I, 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 for me, I enjoy the card. I, I put it okay. in a one-touch. You know, yeah. I'm not going to grade it and that, you know what, don't need to grade it. I'm not going to sell it. I'm not like, I care about like an apps, especially if it's a super, super rare card. Right. I don't mind not, not, uh, grading it too. Uh, if, if I'm going to keep it in my PC. Right. So mm. I have a bunch of like players that I coached, for instance, they're Bowman first Chrome. Like I have tons of, you know, guys that have their Bowman first Chrome. I just collect all of them, like the rare ones. And then I don't grade them because financially they're not worth grading. Right. I'm kind of saying they're not worth grading. Right. But, uh, um, Right, right. Yeah, essentially that's uh, that's I where it, yeah. I co- where I come down to it, right? So I don't mind I like enjoying that. the card in the one touch, hundred percent. I like that. Yeah, let's let's uh, get more people uh, to agree with us and rebel against these grading companies that are just making way too much money off of us. And we're gonna sell one touches. That's five card guys' <laughs> product. Yeah. Don't tell us. Don't tell them our business plan yet. <laughs> All right, that's a good way to end the show. Uh, thanks again for all our listeners and subscribers to Cards to the Moon. We appreciate you guys. If you haven't already, we really appreciate you if you uh, gave us a five-star rating wherever you listen to your podcast. And uh, well, yeah, we'll see you again uh, real soon. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to Cards to the Moon. We'd really appreciate you subscribing to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. And you can also connect with each of us on Instagram at 5 Card Guys. Or you can follow Hyung at Integrity Sports Cards or John at TradeU at Recess. You can also check us out at fivecardguys.com. Thanks again and hope to connect soon.